Hey, you're listening to the Canadian Agent Missional Podcast, and today is one of, of our special series of creative engagements. And we're talking today about the ministry of a food bank and what does that mean for us? How does that fit into the mission of God? And what can we learn from the people we encounter? So let's do this. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. And thank you so much for giving up your time to be part of this conversation and to be listening to these stories. We have four people around the table. And this is going to be a great conversation because we're going to get a lot of different perspectives. So I'm just going to let you guys introduce yourselves. So we're going to start... On my right, oh. right here. No, it's a, <laughs> they were all looking at me. It's, they were all. It's the honor. Oh, the privilege. Boy. Oh, it is a privilege. It is. So, introduce yourselves and let us know how did you get involved with this ministry. So, my name's Austin. I'm actually the care pastor at the church where the food bank happens. So, my involvement was because it was on my job description. Okay. Yeah, it was. That's hey, great. <laughs> you're doing the food bank now. So I started six years ago. Okay, so nice. That was my my first kind of intro was through some interviews, and then I got thrown into it. Nice. So, All right, we're moving around the table. All right. So my name's Stephen, and how I started was pretty unique. Well, basically, my wife she started working at the food bank before me. I used to work at a youth shelter. Nice. So she told me all the stories that was going on. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And one day I just decided to come in and help. And then the rest is history, six (laughs) years later. And we're still there doing it. Nice. Awesome. Great. Hi, everyone. And I'm the wife, Sandia. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So I didn't realize that it's been six years. That's crazy. Six years. Yeah, Yeah, because it's just shortly after Pastor took it over. Um, they had put out a call in in service one day to, you know, they have a food bank, they need volunteers. And I really wasn't doing anything. I said, you know what, I want to serve. I want to, you know, be more active in the church. Yes. Uh, like I, the church is so meaningful to me. So I'm like, what can I do to help and be part of the community, be part of the church? And I went out and the first time I went, it was super overwhelming just to see mm. the need in the community. Sure. And um yeah, I recruited my husband because there were no men really volunteering right. and there was a lot of heavy lifting and tables to put away. I'm like, we need you. And <laughs> um, yeah, we've been there ever since and it's grown and we've seen a lot of amazing things, which we'll talk about. But yeah, it's been an amazing journey so far. You meant to that. Awesome. And last but not least. Last, uh, well, uh, my name's Andrew. My wife's not here today. Uh, her name's Anne and she, we do this together with our son, Caleb. We've been doing with you guys, hanging with you guys for the last three, four years. Yes. Uh, but we are from Scarborough Chinese Baptist Church, mm-hmm. uh, different location, but just up and down the street from each other. I think it's a huge opportunity for us to have this partnership together. Me and my wife share the same passion for social injustice yeah. and poverty. So we, and we have our own ministry at church uh, called Hunger No More, focuses on poverty and specifically in Scarborough. So that's how our passion kind of aligns with the rest of this team here. And it's been awesome ever since we met. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. This is a great group of people, and I'm just really pumped for this this time together. It's going to be great. And so I want to ask 
right off the bat, in terms of your years of being involved with this ministry, what has stood out for you guys? What have you guys experienced? What have you guys learned? And how has it shaped you as a person, as a Christian? Well, I think the first thing you learned was patience mm. and learning how to deal with people. Because sometimes they come in and it's not their fault that they're upset. It's just the situation they're going through. And you, as a Christian, kind of have to you know, take yourself back and try to help them the best way you can yeah. without putting your feelings out there. Because they don't mean to act that way. Mm -hmm. They're just in a need. So yeah. you kind of have to be sympathetic with how they're feeling. Yeah. It, it takes a little time. I don't really try to bombard them, but you know, I talk to them here and there and now it's like we develop so much relationships with people. I'll be at the store and they'll be like, Hey Steve, yes. you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, how are you doing? And stuff like that. Or if I'm not there, they'll ask my wife, how's Steve doing? And that's just because, you know, we take our time, we talk to them, you know what I mean? And we just build, yeah, build a relationship with them. I think that's the biggest thing is we've always focus more on the relational need mm. as opposed to like, okay, food. Yeah. We serve food, but that's not really the need that we're trying to meet. Sure. Yeah. So if we can learn somebody's name, if we can just provide a little bit of value, listen to their story, just that whole putting them first. Right. Okay. So what does that mean for them today? And if I can put them first and they get to know me and I've listened to them and they see me next week and they see me in the grocery store you're starting to just develop these relationships. Sure. And then through those relationships, we can just do life with people. Yeah. And I think that that's like, at least for me, the the number of relationships that I've developed with people, I wouldn't have this incredible opportunity to interact with in any other way. Mm -hmm. But now you just have like, you know, so many other people that you wouldn't. Sure. And I think having that opportunity, that's been, I don't know, for me, that's been really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. one of the most amazing things is, seeing them just kind of building a relationship. And then when you're at church on Sunday morning, they actually decide to come. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, just because they see something in you and they wonder, maybe they not, might not be a Christian and they just, Oh, maybe I should come and check it out. And from they check it out, you start to see them like every Sunday and stuff. So it's really rewarding. Just helping out. Yeah. That's such a powerful impact just to be able to share life, to be present with someone and just to be able to interact with them and treat them with dignity Yes, for sure. And we never, ever, well, you guys never call this the food bank because the, the, the name itself is called Community Connections. Community and, Connections, and yes. And that's like the model I, I go by every, every night we go step into the food bank or to, to, to this ministry. It's, it's, it's that connection we get to build the community. And, and then we're just integrating life together and, and this become part of our life. We go in, this is like our community group. This is our discipleship group. This is whatever this could be basketball for yeah. crying out loud. Right. Um, that, that, that this is just food is the element that ties us all together to, to allow us to get to know this community. And we are part, all of us are part of this yeah. community. We're all from Scarborough and, and we get to see them hang out, go to swim classes, go to, go to, <laughs> yes. go to library, see them at the grocery store. These yeah. are so awesome because we're part of their life and they're part of our life. Yeah, for sure. And for me, it was, it was very humbling because you know, you're involved in your own life. You don't realize the need around you mm. and how great and close the need is. And we actually got our children involved too. Nice. And it was very eye-opening for them too to see some of their friends from school that are there sitting around mm. a table having dinner being provided for them. And I think it it opened like a gratefulness for them. Like I remember the first year they had nothing on their Christmas list because right. they were bringing their extra toys and their things to the food bank 
So it really made a change in them. And for me, like the children are my heart at the food bank because like we're for, I was fortunate enough to be brought up in a Christian home. My grandfather was a pastor. My uncle's a pastor, but those children, some of them don't know anything about God or have any sort of faith or knowing that they're not alone in this world and that they have someone that they can pray to and call on and have a church family that they can lean on. We do a lot of activities where we invite the kids out to all the amazing kids programs. And it's just such a joy when I see those faces when we have barbecues, kids programs, concerts. It's just to me, that's my heart. Now I got to throw out a question out here. What do you think it is about meeting a specific need in a person's life that leaves such an impact? And how do you think that actually reflects who God is? I think that need needs to be established first. And, and the process involved is that spending that time and, and building a relationship, building that trust. Because a lot, a lot of families that we interact with don't just come up to us and start spilling their hearts out. And, yeah. and, and, for the last three, four years and just being there, part of like they're their family. They're part of family. I see them every Tuesday. Mm. Uh, more than I see my mom sometimes or my brother or yeah, relatives. <laughs> yeah. and, and and we become family. And then uh, through that time we build a certain amount of trust. That relationship, we we joke, we share laughter and but also the the pain, the the sadness as well. And and, and when when that time comes, it's that moment when wow, we we play a different role now. We become a, a support for them. Uh, right. We we go to their homes and 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 get to visit their twin baby. We did that last night. <laughs> yeah. Me and Ann just visit them, one of the families that, yeah. and they got to share, be part of life, took pictures with them. For sure. Um, I think that is such a different aspect in life that 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 need is met, but not through the not necessarily through the food, but that food built the food bank itself built up that rapport where we get to be relation with so much build, build so much relationship sure. with them. It's almost as if the food bank is just a conduit. Yeah. It is just an opportunity in which to be able to engage with others. Yeah. But I think too, it's not just a spiritual need. Like God, God provides for all of our needs, mm-hmm. right? Like it's deeply theological. Like he doesn't just leave us, okay, I'm just going to worry about your eternity and that's it and it's settled. Yeah. But he takes care of our daily needs. He takes care of us. And when you meet a practical need, I feel like we're also helping take care of people just in a very practical way that builds a relationship, that builds trust, that helps us then to, to meet those emotional needs, to meet those relational needs, to meet those physical needs. You're, you're meeting them as a whole person, as who they were created to be, Mm. which I think that's what God does for us. But we can do an extension of that. I think that's an incredible opportunity. And it's just this like little avenue in, through some canned goods or like sure. frozen food or, you know, like it's just this little way of, Hey, you've got a need. Let me help you with this, but you're worth more to me than these groceries. Right. So how are you doing? And then people want it. Like the biggest need that we see at the food bank is they want people in their lives. Mm. They just want a relationship. They want somebody there who's going to, to be there. Yeah. And I think that, meeting that need by giving them green beans or, you know, like some, just some canned vegetable. Yeah. Such a way of just showing what God has done for us. Yeah. And and exactly what you were saying, just extending God's faithful presence in their lives as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one theme that has come up a lot when, you know, you speak to the client, they can choose to go to any food bank in the, in the area, Mm -hmm. but they choose to come to ours because of the atmosphere. 
not because of the selection of food, because it's generally the same, but it's the way that other food banks are executed and just the feeling of going in and they feel like people, they feel like they're treated kindly, like the relationships they build with the volunteer staffs and even with the own, their, like the other clients, there is a, they, they do have a sense of community. Mm. Some people don't talk to anybody all week until they come on a Tuesday or a Thursday right, and right. they look forward to that time. And there's families, entire families that come and they, everyone, some people have like their tables and their gatherings. So it really is a community. Like it, you take the food bank aspect out of community connections and it's just more of, it really is just a community coming together, people just helping out people that just need that hand to put Mm -hmm. some food on the table. And there's no stigma. Like we're trying to take away that stigma of you're coming to a food bank because you're in need. We try not to put that spin on it right? Yeah, and just have people come and like we treat them with dignity. They choose what they want. It's not a box slapped at them and people just appreciate that yeah, so much being sure. treated like with like, like a human and not just like a number or some up a poor person coming to get a handout. Like we treat them as right. if, cause it could be any of us that have that need and need to be on the other side. Like I always yeah. say the other side of the table, like, it could be any of us. So we treat everybody with that that respect. Yeah. I think this process also, like I think that your question was about meeting meeting the needs of the family. But I, yeah. I feel like through, through doing this is, uh, like myself, I, I go a lot on myself understanding like who I am and, and through these families, I understand some of my shortcomings, my uh, my, my pridefulness. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and and a, lot, a lot of that comes out too. And, and, and as much as we, we think we are, helping or meeting the needs of the family i feel like it, sometimes we we learn a lot about who we are and and we grow our families the way mm-hmm. through through this yeah. uh yeah, the community connection where our kids are there and it's a life lesson they see their parents serving i find joy when caleb decides to offer up his stuff for christmas gifts like your your, your kids yeah. and and, sure. and and then no one it wasn't asked upon him it was just he decided to do it himself and i i that is such a amazing, joyful parent moment yeah. where we get to share a wow moment. For me. Yeah, yeah. The act of loving someone is so transformative, oh. and connecting with others is is so shaping for us. So yes, I love that you guys are bringing up how it's shaped your own children. <laughs> that's yeah. and that's a, such an encouragement. I think that's such an encouragement to be thinking about like you know how can we walk alongside someone else? How can we? be learning from someone else how can we be in this space together with you know another family and see how we can come together even if we are coming from different places in our lives right so that is awesome so i do have to ask a question this is going to be a question that is kind of culturally shaped and the reason i'm going to ask this is there are two churches represented here and they are two very different churches one which is a more primarily asian and or canadian asian church the church that Andrew and I attend and we are part of. The other church that is represented is a very multicultural church. And I want to ask, how has your respective churches responded to this ministry? What are some of the ways in which they've connected or maybe not connected? And it's okay. We can be, this is a safe place. <laughs> we, can bl- <laughs> we can blur out anything if we need to. But in terms of like, you know, have you noticed that there were certain things that was just very natural in kind of participating in this way of connecting to our community or were there some barriers that you needed to work through over the number of years just from my perspective yes being part of the church we've always we've always had a challenge of engaging our community in serving 
we've had a lot of people who would attend, but they were they're not involved somewhere. So they come, mm. come on the weekend, go home. Come on the weekend, go home. Sure. So we believe that through serving, your life has changed, and you have something to offer. You have something to give. So then we had this opportunity with a church where I feel, at least my perspective is, there was a number of people that just came in and they're like, "Where do you want me to serve? What do you want me to do? What do you?" So we had an influx of people that came in and almost shamed us into better serving. Mm. Like we had, we've had history pieces of, I have the kingdom of bread. I hand out bread and this is mine and nobody else can <laughs> hand out bread. And I, the kingdom, kingdom of bread. bread. Like, I've never heard that before. That's amazing. It's not a great kingdom. <laughs> it's don't, not so much. Yeah, it's not so great. <laughs> not so don't, much. Sell, don't sell your soul for that. Not kingdom. the bread of life. No, not, not Jesus. Not no. Jesus. Okay. No. Okay. That would be worth it. It's Costco bread. It's just donated. Kingdom of Costco bread. <laughs> but yeah. But we'd have people, they just held on to this territory. And then we have an influx of these of volunteers that are coming in and they're like, oh, tables need to be put away. I'll do tables. Sure. Oh, chairs need to be stacked. I'll stack chairs. Oh, boxes need to be broken down. It's not glamorous, but it just needed to be done. So we had this like incredible group. There's such what at least I would say from my perspective, there's such a willingness to serve in whatever capacity was necessary. Amazing. Yeah. It was awesome. So then we're like, like, we need to get our act together here. Come on, guys. <laughs> like, so we, it, it actually has been really good to see how these groups have come together yes. and to see how people, like, it's just, it's amazing to see how, how we're challenged to do better, how we want to make sure that we're, we're integrating teams, how you're serving with other people in the community. Like, it's just been, from our perspective and from leadership in the church, it's been incredible to see. And it is one of those, like wow, look at what the food bank's doing. It's mm. kind of been a bit of a model for other ministries. Like sure. how can how can we partner better? We want to find strategic partnerships with our missions, with just different areas, outreach, all this stuff. And look, and the food bank can do it. And how can we coexist and how can we work together? Sure. It's been really good. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, it's been great collaborating with the other church. And for me, you don't know who belongs to who just because like you can't just assume that if you're Asian, you've come from Ed, like it's called. <laughs> we call it Andrew's Church, by the way. It's just kind of a big deal. For us. Yeah, Andrew's <laughs> a big deal. So it's Andrew's it's Church. Andrew's. Sorry, you like you too, John, but it's Andrew's but Church. But it's Andrew's Church. <laughs> so like, I call it too. I work at Andrew's Church. <laughs> so I don't yeah, pay that well. You, but um, it, it's been great. Like we've met some like great people. We have the blessing of Andrew and Anne. Like the mm-hmm. relationship, the friendship that's formed, and um. Yeah, it's really brought out our volunteers, too. And um, now that we have the extra night, just having that resource and the abundance of volunteers is just a blessing to have. I think they make it sound so easy. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is all coming from from before even meeting you guys. I I, I say I I started going to church in 08, 09. This doing, serving the community has been my, how I find Christ in my journey, too. And Mm. and it's been kind of... Thing that keep me going because this is I think God put put this passion in my heart and with with and as well because we both have the same passion. But at our church, um, we 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 had that passion. Okay, let's let's go do something about it. Sure. Um, we we tried. Uh, we we tried many ways, and we started small, and we're like, okay, building some momentum, putting a couple of shelves out, um, collecting donation and support some of the local food banks. Great, and we continued to. Uh, evolve ourselves, build up enough. That manpower, it, it's, it's, um, it just grows. People have the opportunity to serve, and um, they have to share the same passion. They they join 
join together. And at some point, my dream was always have this same thing happen at our church. That's why you guys may sound look so easy. Because, uh, <laughs> you guys have a walk-in fridge, a walk-in freezer. Things are made purposely for the food bank. And I was like, wow. Um, me just putting up a couple of shelves out on, on our fellowship hall was like, was like a debate with a couple of meetings and, <laughs> and five years later, and there you go, the shelves are out. But it's it just, it just so refreshing to have this opportunity because it takes all the headaches away. It takes mm. all that. And those headaches has now become uh, more positive in a way where I understand why God put us, partnership happened together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the struggle that I have was fulfilled through your church. And I could be part of that. And, and that's, and you guys welcome us with open arms. Mm, um, yeah. But, and, and just the, the, not the bitterness, but the, 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 the point of how come we can't do the same thing. Yeah. Um, but we don't have to, we don't need to. And, and, and God doesn't want us to. And, and in a way where I feel like our church is not set up for that. This, this external thinking, inviting outside people to our church is such a foreign, foreign thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Inviting outside people means there's going to be a set of policies, set of rules, and all these things you have to follow before you get proceed. I'm sure you guys went through all that to yourself. Uh, we still go through that. <laughs> like, that's still it's happening. Still going, going. I, I just take those hits. That's, <laughs> what? You haven't figured it out completely? No, no, no. Show what? us the way. <laughs> oh, dear. Podcast over. End it, end it, end it. We're all fired tomorrow. Oh, it's gosh. all good. It's all good. But but it's 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 I, I maybe I, I came in at the right time where you guys have to set up and and it kind of worked because we expanded to another night um, mm-hmm. and and so so happened now we created a platform for our church to 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 join in service and doing this yeah. ministry together and what I've learned from all this is talking to a lot of wise men a lot of mentors out there they what they told me is to try to harness the uh, the resources and our church is built with strong finances mm. strong in in their willingness to give. Uh, financially and and that platform has helped tremendously in terms of how we could use that to share what we do at, um, on the tuesday and thursday night and then as that continues people are jumping on board to serve in different ways there's many um, options to serve with the food bank because we have a community garden now just for example that yeah. people could gen- not have to physically be there on tuesday and thursday night but they know they could do that any other given day to help support the food bank by mm-hmm. having fresh produce. And and our resource, our strength, is in, in, in different ways that may not match the, the what we could offer on a Tuesday or Thursday night at the food bank, but we could support, supplement, and that's where the partnership has been so so awesome. Yes. Because we could take advantage of our own strength. Yes. yes. It's complementary. Yes. yes. Right? Like the complementary strengths of finding that has been, it's just been really cool to see we still have challenges. Facilities are a challenge. We have things that we're, our biggest challenge was how we treated people. Mm. That was our, we had a, it's us and them kind of mentality. Right. That was not the fact that we wanted to do the food bank, but it was the how we did it. Okay. Those were our challenges. We have struggles with facilities. There's always, we just live in that tension, but that's what we do. So we can do that. I can live in the tension of, banged up walls and and okay we can do that and we can do that well and we're we're kind of set up for that and how we treat people and we're working together and then having scbc do what they do well Mm -hmm. and then when we god brings those two together okay you be you and we'll be us yeah and together then we actually can like really make a difference in the community that's kind of cool yeah that's that's not easy but we don't have enough time to say all of the challenges. 
And that's like the food bank has grown tremendously. Like when I started volunteering on the busiest night, we would have like 30 people. I would say (laughs) we had one row of tables on the perimeter of the gym. That was the extent of our food. And then we started growing, growing now on a given night, we serve um, like 200 families plus, you know, and it's grown into this monster of a operation. You know, you've got teams coming in on different days to sort and pack and teams there earlier in the day. And then some of us are there till like 10 at night, cleaning up, tearing down. So this ministry is you, we have to have the right volunteers and that has been challenges along the way too. Mm -hmm. And I just think like with a lot of prayer and a lot of, you know, like having good leadership and just a good team, we attract the right people to Mm -hmm. this ministry. And we have a culture of, like you said, it's not us and them. It's not us and the clients. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone is equal here. And uh, we even have clients that also help us volunteer and they feel like, I don't want to just be here to get food. What can I do to help? And like, you can sense the authenticity in the volunteers and who's there for the right reasons. It's sure. so transparent. And it <laughs> took me a while to, it like, it took me a while to see that because at first I was like, you know, maybe their intentions are good, but they don't last long when they're, when they're not authentic. Mm. So that was, that was something I really learned early on in this whole yeah. process. Yeah. I think, I think I'm so encouraged because this is such a tangible example of the kingdom breaking through the mutuality, the sense of invitation, the sense of sharing life, the sense of community, the sense of partnership too, even recognizing that, hey, you know, you know, we're able to do this, but you know, this other group, this other church is able to do this, so we can come together. We can collaborate to, to be able to be a greater presence together. And I, I, you know, you don't often hear about partnerships like this. And this is why when I first started at, at the church where Andrew and I are at, I was like, this is so cool that SCBC and Agent Corps Pentecostal Church or one church, they are working together and, and that it's not like, not a territorial thing, but it's a sense of like, we as ch- different churches in our area can work together to be ev- an even greater presence for God to, to our community. And, I, and that's amazing. That's so amazing. You, you would think, oh, another church is coming and we're going to work together and everyone's bumping heads at it's not like that. Like yeah. we all work together and we're not people who like to be in power. I don't, I think, I think that's if that's the right word yeah. I'm using, like, you know, like we just, we just all work together. Fine. Some churches, you know, I could say this, they can't work together. There's always, you know what I mean? Somebody wants more of this or that, right. or right. they have a different way of doing it, but everything seems to just work the way it's supposed to. I don't think, any other church was supposed to connect with us. And this is how it was really, this is how God meant it. Right. You know? Right. And like speaking about power, like pastor picked me off the line, handing out cans (laughs) and said, I want you to help like be a team leader. And I was me, like (laughs) I was good with handing out cans. Like for six years, I think I would have been fine handing out cans. Sometimes I get behind the line to hand out cans. And, um, but he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. I'm I'm not one to want power or people don't know sometimes I'm the team leader. They they look for this older gentleman that's just a volunteer. <laughs> they think he's the he's the leader, but An old I'm white guy. That's that's a whole other episode. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We could talk about that. Sorry, sorry. We could talk about that another day, but <laughs> Yeah, and the same with Andrew. He he leads with he's so humble and him and Anne, like they are just 
they are such amazing people. They're not there to be like, okay, you do this, you go here. Like they just lead with such like authenticity and just humble, like how humble they are and loving they are. It just, it just pours out of them. And it, people can see that and people know that you can't fool people. Right. So that's what I love about learning from Andrew too and his patience. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You need to bottle that patience. Like his patience is amazing. And it's brought a lot of, you know, change to the way we sort of do things and, treat clients or communicate with clients like we've learned a lot from from them joining yeah for sure i think when nobody's the expert and you're humble and you're willing to learn like honestly those are the people that i look for in leadership like oh you don't need to be in power so i can give you power right because you don't need it oh you you can teach you can teach and you can be taught okay so now we're kind of at this Let's just figure this stuff out because mm-hmm. we don't have it to get thing. It's so dynamic. It's continually changing. It's just this, it's a monster that like has many heads and you're just trying to wrestle with this <laughs> thing, right? Like it's just, so if we're all, I don't, I don't need to be the guy in charge. I don't have to have my way or the highway and I'm beating people over the head. And we're all at this, like, we just want to serve our community. We sure. want to love Jesus and we want to love the people in our community. Sure. So what can we do to do that? They weren't like, it's just this amazing thing that God has done in bringing a group of people from all different backgrounds from just, and okay, here, I want you guys. And it's incredible to see how with the same kind of goal in mind, all of that extra stuff just isn't there. Those power struggles, all of those the kingdoms we we lose the kingdoms <laughs> right right but you get we the, lose our own empires yes for yeah. the greater kingdom of god there yes. we go that's a yes. very nice way of putting it <laughs> but you, you get to see you get to see the people that just genuinely want to serve others and want to put other people first mm. it's really that simple like how simple okay i can come in sandy's amazing at administrating She's amazing at it. And Andrew's like, there's so many gifts around the table. Sure. So many people that come and volunteer. And when they don't have to use their gift to get their value, Mm. they're not dominating. Like, look at me. I can administrate everything here and I'm so great. They're just coming in and they're like, Hey, what can I do to help? Sure. It, it just changes everything. And that's where, honestly, that's where we've seen the growth is because it's like, I honestly believe God has brought the right people in the right place just to use our gifts in a way to serve others. That's incredible. Right. And I remember Austin, you telling me one time, it's like, you, we don't need the, the best chef to cook the dinner. It, it's about the heart. I think the intention, the heart, that, that, that is the bottom line. And, um, and you, you see volunteers fade in, fade out. And those that are there is because the heart is in it. And, and those are don't have the heart, the right intention. They just, fizzle out because yeah. they see it as a chore they see it as a power where they they can now own a certain element of the food bank and and in my mind that doing none of this stuff burns us out i'm like i speak for the yeah. group none of this burn us out because right. this is our passion and this is what our heart is and then we, we we love doing this and sure it, and it's it's working alongside the the people that have shared the same passion is so so awesome because that is amazing. it fuels yeah. each other that's why yeah. listening to the podcast and seeing some of the other guest speakers <laughs> um those people feel me and then and, and and it's it's so awesome and it's more rewarding like you know for instance i would tell sandy that you know i go to work and i get my paycheck and that's cool but like <laughs> this is like 
more rewarding than my paycheck. More just life-giving. To, yeah, <laughs> just to see all the stuff that you're doing, it, it feels way better than getting you know, like your paycheck every every uh, two yeah, weeks. Yeah. Like you know what I yeah. mean? It's in a way, it's kind of cool like that. Yeah. And like sort of the same thing with me. Like I just have a you know like a corporate job, and I always felt like you know I don't have this urge to climb this corporate ladder. Like I'm not. I'm like, what's wrong with me? I'm not career driven, and I just didn't know what was missing. But it was like serving that was missing, and then now I found my fulfillment, and I found like the joy of doing community connections and like mm, I sometimes yes. Steve's like you maybe take a break this week I'm like I can't I can't take a break this week like <laughs> last night I was cutting numbers he's like come to bed I'm like I need to cut these numbers like it was so good it was so organized last week like you know it's it's where I get my joy and I don't get paid people think misconception that us volunteers get paid we don't get paid but it's just like the the joy it brings to me to know that you know like I may have one conversation that impacts somebody or like just the the hope that someone's life will be a little bit better just because they came and they talked to someone and had a good experience or they get to come to church and listen to a song that touches them or hears a message that will change their life. Like just being able to be a little tiny part of that, like makes me so fulfilled. Mm. There is a very real joy in being able to just extend God's love and hospitality an invitation to others. And there's really nothing like it. And I'm actually wondering, in any ministry, and it's not specifically this ministry, but in any ministry that is intentionally opening up space to connect with other people, and especially open in a way which, uh, which invites diversity and people from different walks of life, I wonder if that is actually God's way of shaping us and convicting us and causing us to grow in humility because it really is stepping into these kind of spaces which actually produce that fruit in us. If you look at what Jesus did, right? If you look at who he hung out with, they were they weren't the they were the marginalized. Right. If you look at who he spent his time with, they accused him of being a glutton. They accused him of being like Yeah. How could you hang out with these guys? Sure. He was spending his time with those with people who felt marginalized. If we have an opportunity to spend time with people who feel like they're on the fringes of society, we have an opportunity to do what Jesus did real practically. How can we not then be transformed to be more like him? Right? Amen. Drop the mic. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) Sorry. That's awesome. It's okay. How can we not though? If he spent his time with a group of people that, would they didn't fit within the norm or they didn't fit within what was deemed as a religious, what was acceptable. Sure. And they didn't fit in, check all the boxes and fit in the right, but that's who he went out to. And he treated them with dignity, treated them with value. And he just came in and was present. Mm. We can do that with groceries. Yeah. And it's sure. just providing this opportunity to be present, to be like Jesus. So when like, this is, for me, it's a privilege to be able to to serve and to oversee a group of people who just are like, yeah, sign me up for that. Yeah. Like, wh- that's a hero. Like, anytime somebody, so when Andrew or Sandy or Steve or Anne, or you have these group of people, there's, I, the list can go on of people that sacrifice their time. They sacrifice, they'll take days off of work. Like, they will prioritize doing what Jesus did. Mm. That's I'm going to do that. I'm going to give up this to do what Jesus did. Mm. From a 
pastor's perspective, I'm like, because I do get paid to be at the food bank, right? Like it, it's my job. I get to work with a group of people that are saying, I'll do this because you, you couldn't pay me anything to be there. This is just life giving. How incredible to be with a group of people who do that. Mm. That's amazing. So you sure. just, yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. This has been so good. And we got to wrap it up soon because we are running out of time on our episode. <laughs> but I do have two final questions for you guys. And I'd love to hear your feedback on when it's so easy in life to compartmentalize the things in our lives, like, and especially, and this goes for the church as well. You know, how can we move from seeing a ministry like the food bank ministry, move from a program to being part of the DNA and the direction of that church or that, that people. I think about this a lot. And for us as a staff, it's top down. So for us, our leadership, and one of the things, one of our little models is we walk towards the mess. So if there's a mess, we're going to walk towards it. We're not going to run away from it. We're leaders. So we need to go towards that. Mm. So if leadership is setting that example, I can, because I know that my lead pastor is going to walk towards a mess. So the food bank, when it gets messy, I need to walk towards that mess. So these guys, when they see it messy, they walk towards a mess and it just becomes a part of who we are. Sure. Like it's just, so I feel like it does have to start at the top. Mm. I, I think we can speak and I think that we can lead up and we can set examples. So it's not like if the senior leadership doesn't get it, then we're sunk. I don't think that that's the case, but there is an element of this has to be a priority for us. We do have to want, we are very, very intentional about wanting people to be in our space that wouldn't normally be in our space. Yes. We have to be. Yes. Because if we're not, they're not going to be. So not everybody gets it at the same time. Facilities, they're, they're responsible for our church facility. Mm-hmm. They struggle when we have 250 families twice a week come through our building. There's a cost to it. But then because we walk towards a mess, hey guys, this is the price of being Jesus with skin on in our community. Mm. Okay. Like, Let's get some spackle and we're going to fix the walls. Like, <laughs> right. So if there, if there isn't a bit of an understood, this is what we're called to do. This is what we're going to do. And when those moments come up, it's already a bit of a default for us. Sure. It's a challenge. Mm. I, I'm going to take a, a different, mm-hmm. different tone to that. Do um, it. The transformation is still taking time to change. And we don't have that top-down approach where we are leadership don't have that mm-hmm. uh, mindset and, and being at this church. And, I, and, and I'm very happy I, w- I started at this church and the internal, the growth that they allow me to be who I am as a Christian and where my journey with God is all part of what SCBC has offered because um, they're very internal focus um, for the beginning part of my journey was very helpful because I established my identity, where my purpose is, I, yeah. how I, I walk. Let's create that foundation where I can now um, do this walk in with a purpose and knowing where we're, where it's going. But this this has also shaped me to really grow in my passion where I do want to be in the community. I, I want to be um, share this love to to everyone else in, in, in Scarborough and, yeah. and, and grow in that capacity. The transformation has to start 
somebody has to take the burden of the frustration. And, and, and the team has, has, has been fixated in an environment where change is hard to come by. Facilitate that change took the last seven years sure. of being at SEBC yeah. to do. And that change would, I, I think, continue. That the, 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 finding the identity would continue to change where at least this continuation where God leads uh, uh, the ministry, the Hunger No More ministry, allow us to come to a partnership where now we have a platform to really grow our, our membership base or the, 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 the people of this church, or the people is the, is the church. To, to to have that ability to to go out to the community and share a relationship with a family, um, that has continued to grow. Every year we see a lot more SCBC members yeah. come out and seeing what that means, not just about giving the cans. It's not about donating mm-hmm. that time to the vegetable garden. Sure. But now you see the vegetable translate into how we use that to build that relationship with that grandma that got that fresh batch of eggplant. Mm-hmm. They're so happy, so thankful, and, and that love and that care is to go way beyond that. And now our members get to see what that means, so they could bring it back to the church. The kids, the summer fun, our summer program comes every summer to serve at the food bank. Mm-hmm. The partnership allow for that. We're now our grassroots level has ability to see what that means and, and share that love. And sure, uh, that day would come where. That change would be full. The DNA infusion of this SEVC would come where they they see outreach as their purpose. Like being in the community, going towards that mess is going to be yeah. our identity. Yeah. And how do we do it together? Yeah. Find ways of doing that and sort of I say, hey, let's let's stick into or within our buildings. And and yes, we're strong Christian, but don't live out the action. It's to me, it means nothing. And then a lot of books out there telling us to go and live out that 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 in the world. It's so important and yeah and, and for sure I, and I, I i have to stick with it hold on to the pattern and understand these partnership the action it's going to go a long way god has his own plan I, I can't even imagine what that looks like right and then um but having oh, exposing our church to that uh, uh, continue to build up that that base and yeah and I, I think that the the change in that dna would would continue if we if that God allows it to be. so Yes. Oh man, there's some deep wisdom and insight in that. It's amazing. And it's a great segue into the last question, which is this. How would you guys respond to criticism that says initiatives such as this type of ministry is merely just a very social gospel? And that as the church, we should be just focusing on like the Sunday gathering and Bible studies and prayer, and that, that that would be the main focus of a church. And this is more of a social gospel and something that is not the primary focus. And I'm hearing across the table that for the four of you guys here, that it has become such a primary part of who you are and a primary part of your faith. So how could you respond graciously? Like, And especially, you know, for the benefit of the listeners who may be wanting to explore more about how to connect into the community and want to help their churches to navigate some of that process, how do you think you, know, you could respond to some criticism, some of the, that type of criticism? I'm going to jump in because... You're ready! This is, this is the world I live in. Yes. If we go to why we were created, we, like if we scale it all back to that, and we look at creation, and we, had, we were given a covenant of vocation, Okay, so it was very loaded. 
N.T. Wright. He's written books on it. Like, I read a lot of books. We love Tom Wright. Sorry. We'll say hi, Tom Wright. I know you're listening. He's amazing. <laughs> so he wrote a book, The Day the Revolution Began. And he says, we've got, we have some of our theology we framed in a 16th century view. And we're answering questions that were for that time. He's looked at the cross and what does it mean? And he scales it back. Why were we created? We were created to rule and reign. We were given authority on this earth and we have a covenant of vocation. And mm. Christ coming restores us into that covenant of vocation. We believe in the priesthood of all believers. Mm -hmm. We are a royal priesthood. Well, what was that for? It was to serve. It was to worship. We had this responsibility for what we were given by God. So if we neglect social issues, are we neglecting our responsibilities? Well, yeah. Right? So if my goal here on earth is simply to go to heaven, if that's it, I can check out now. I've accepted Jesus. I love it. Like, if that's my goal, job done. If that's it, that's part of it. But is that why I was created? Is that why God created us? Did he just create us simply for relationship with him? Or did he give us a responsibility? I would argue he gave us a responsibility. I sign up to that. I sure. feel that in reading scripture and in looking like that we have a responsibility. Why would he choose Israel? What you see this covenant of vocation in order to bless the world. You see that continued throughout the story. And it's this overarching principle that's happening. And Jesus comes to fulfill that. And then we're engrafted into that. And we get to be a part of that. And Jesus, through a relationship with him, we can be who we were created to be, which has a responsibility. So then, well, social justice, that's just, and well, you guys are over here and it's bad theology and it's, that's what we're supposed to do. Hmm. It's not the only thing we're supposed to do, but it doesn't mean that we don't do anything. And I think, especially now, we don't navigate tension well. Right. So it's, it's a either or. As opposed to a yes and, mm. if that makes sense? It makes total sense. Like, yes, we should be responsible. I should have some involvement in my community. I can't just turn a blind eye to the people in Scarborough who can't eat. They don't eat for days. So I just, well, I'll pray for you. Uh, here, let me teach you about Jesus. And they're like, I can't even listen to you because my belly is so hungry. Sure. Let me feed your belly. And let me build a relationship with you because I have a responsibility to you as created in the image of God. And then, hey, through a relationship, let me tell you about your real need. If I don't have a social component to that, they'll never listen. Right. And I've shirked my responsibility. Mm. That's, sorry, I... Don't need to apologize. I, I, What's going on? <laughs> no need to apologize, man. I think about these things often. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you were able to share it. <laughs> it just... It gets it gets so relegated to like it's not really spiritual because it's not you're not praying for people you're not going out and handing out tracts and sharing the gospel right away so are you really doing God's work? It's our job, part of our job to help others, not just like being a box of church and you know we're just there at church. It's our job to go around and share in different ways how Jesus loves us on that's one of the ways of showing 
you know? Yeah. We can't just turn a blind eye to people and be like, well, they're hungry, but we'll just pray for them and hopefully one day they'll get some food to eat. Like, you know, it's, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense for anybody to think like that. Then that means you're not, you're not really a Christian. It just feels like there's, it's not reality. Like we live in a broken and a fallen world and we have a responsibility to be salt and light. Mm -hmm. Well, being salt and light, yes, there is sharing your faith and yes, there is sharing the gospel, but part of being salt and light, there is the practical side. We were created like as a whole person. So you can't just meet one need and completely neglect others. That doesn't like, that's nonsensical. It doesn't make sense. Why would mm. Jesus then make us that way? Okay. So how does it make sense to just turn a blind eye and I'll pray for you and good luck with that. You want to come to church? And that doesn't, that doesn't meet any need. Right. So sorry, I feel quite strongly about it. <laughs> No, and it's true. And I think like with community connections, it's a safe place for them to ask questions mm -hmm. and just find out a little bit more and not all at once and then have to be expected to show up. And it, it takes some time. And like, I'll get questions like, well, I have nothing to wear. And I'm like, you can wear whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And like, I purposely make a point to not be too fancy when I come on a Sunday because I don't want them to see, because I go to community connections and like, you know, like yoga pants and a t-shirt with my hair in a bun. So I don't want to go to church on Sunday and be a, someone they can't recognize. Right. So like I, I make a conscious effort of that. Like I'm going comfortable. I'm not going there for all the, the fanciness of it. I'm going there to just praise God and like listen to the message and just be who I am. I'm And like when people see me, they'll know, oh. I, I saw you on Thursday. You're not a different person. Sure. You don't put on this this suit or you know dress, and you're totally different. And they can believe it when I say, "Come as you come as you are." Mm, yeah, yeah, for sure. It shapes the invitation for yeah. sure. I, I don't think none of us see this as that the compartmentalized. Carpen, yeah, yeah. The yeah. way that we see it as you, we do this one thing, and this thing is it's it's all correlates with 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 that whole journey part because these families we go to. Um, they would ask us about things like, does your church offer a summer camp? Today, just after uh, during service, I'd be like, oh, when is your church service? Mm -hmm. um, I would like to join. And, and, and these, are, these are things that allow, give us that, that opportunity to do that. When you ask that question, they kind of that really jogged my, my, one of my sharing. I went to another Chinese church nearby from us and they, just to share our ministry, hoping that maybe we could establish another partner. And I was just sharing the whole time about what Hunger No More does and how our partnership works and how we dealt with shoujo justice and do outreach at the yeah. same. I thought I was hitting the point. And the end of the end of the sharing, this gentleman asked me, so maybe speaking from a Chinese church perspective, they see things are, this is shoujo justice, done. Outreach, done. Evangelism, done. And right. then Sunday service, done. And and he was just, couldn't absorb the, the notion of, we could do all that together. Right. <laughs> like, we could fellowship, we could disciple, we could we could do all that within that Tuesday, even Tuesday night. Um, and, and that, that is so, um, so foreign to a, uh, to maybe, uh, maybe I'm generalizing now, but to a Chinese church environment, or I'm not sure if other uh, multicultural church share the same issue where they have to achieve certain things. But, and then after the, after the sharing, I, I spoke to the Canada, the group leader and be like, don't worry about that question. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> we, we still got a long ways to go. And, sure. and, and I, I feel, I feel some of that, was the DNA of back to your, your first question, right? Uh, yeah, CBC, but um, and it needs needs that needs that transformation or change in that DNA 
to work that end. And this is totally not food bank related. But one of my experiences uh, serving at the uh, one of the shelter was I met this um, person. I forgot his name. I, if Anne was here, she would tell me. He is a, a Christian, but a homeless a member, and he knows his purpose out there. Um, he has no no shame, no 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 anger about being placed in that position because he knows what his role was. He went. He would go door to door downtown bakery and and do this. It's like. These are these are other Christians that we get to get to expose, and on Tuesday nights, Thursday night, we get to ch- chat with other Christians that uses the food bank. <laughs> I, I think the notion of understanding that there's other Christians that uses the food bank is such uh, uh, so foreign, and and some of our church member uses the food bank yeah. too, but it's just so shameful for them to to identify themselves because it's it's such a big thing not to uh, not to show up in a middle high income level type church. That rabbi, so back to the, the homeless person. He gave me such purpose. I'm like, this guy knows where he, his worth is. And he, he goes out to the other homeless people to share his, his, his love for Christ and, yeah. and, and doing all sorts of things to support his own community. And knowing that he knows that God provides through, through the church and through the shelter programs and all that. It's because of these things that this person could do his his thing in within his community is so yes. awesome, and 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 likewise, I feel like all, all the food banks families that come to community connections could do the same thing, and and that we that's so awesome. It is awesome for sure. I, if I can just add one more, let's do it. Sorry, no, please. It's I find people when they ask that question, it's a checkbox Christianity. Mm. If that makes sense, it does. So, yeah. Saved, check. Like, here's a list of things that we need for you to be a part of our community. Let's just check them off. And it's a task. Right. People become a task. Evangelism is a task. Outreach is a task. Everything is just, okay, we've got to check these things off because this is what God says we're supposed to do. And some of those things, I'd argue, we've kind of created on our own. But there's just this checkbox. And people just, you come to the food bank. Do you know Jesus? Do you? And we're just going through the list and let me tell you about the gospel and okay, we're all sinners and, it, and you just run them through Romans and okay, right. <laughs> good. And by the end of the line, Steve's praying for them and okay, next. All right, let's just go. That's that's not life. That's not reality. Right. And our, I think if you were to look at your journey, my journey, all of our journeys haven't been a checkbox journey. Sure. But then we have that expectation that everything is going to fit into these neat and tidy little boxes. Mm-hmm. And then when it, we try to force it into, and then it doesn't, and then you kind of push them aside as opposed to just, Hey, let us do life with you. Sure. Let us like, we don't have it all together. We're a mess, but we know who does. And through a relationship, let us point you to him and he's going to sort you out. Right. Jesus is going to take care of you because he took care of me. He took care of like, he's got you. So if it's not just this checkbox, sure. let's check all of these things off of the list, then social justice has to play a part of a whole person because that's just the world that we live in. Sure. It's broken and fallen. So I, yeah, I have strong conversations and strong <laughs> feelings about it. Can I just add one small thing before <laughs> so, yes, we yes. leave? Like we had this client that came in and he was so resistant. We have a registration 
process and a form, and he didn't want to give his name. He didn't want to give any information because he just didn't want to be put in a system. Like sure. that was his yeah. whole thing. And you know, I I I was fortunate to be the one to register him. And you know, I talked to him. I said, you know what? I'm just going to take your basic information. You can decline this much, but I just need at least your name. And he was actually homeless. I think he may be bunking with the guy that you were talking about. But anyway, he hadn't had a shower. And we also had, at one point, we had a little bit of a shower ministry mm-hmm. where they could come and clean themselves up. And he came on a Sunday and he was there. And it just like really touched my heart because um, another one of our volunteers, Kathy, talked to him and told him, you know, I don't know what you're going through. But, you know, he said he loved music. She's like, the music, come and listen to the music. Yes. If that's all you stay for, come listen to the music. And we saw him a few times. And if if having this ministry just brought him to Jesus, isn't it all worth it? Isn't it? Isn't that what Jesus wants? Yes. You know, someone to know him and for him to have that opportunity. And I think that's what that's why we all show up on a Tuesday or Thursday, just to give that person a chance to know Jesus. That is a great note to end off on. You know, our hopes are that these type of conversations will help us to reclaim a picture of who we are called to be as the church. And what does that journey look like with the people around us? Thank you, Andrew, Sandy, Steve, and Austin. Man, you've given us so much to wrestle with and to chew on. I am so thankful for each one of you and thankful for what you had to share as well so thank you guys so much for being on this podcast hey if you have not had a chance yet please remember to rate and review and subscribe to our channel that helps us get this conversation out there please share it with others as we continue this conversation of of what does it mean for us to continue to be the church as god calls us to be the church and look at some of these creative expressions and think about how is it actually a normal part of who we are as the church we also love hearing from you guys so you can reach us on facebook and twitter and by email we've had such a great time connecting with so many of you guys so definitely give us a shout out once again you've been listening to the canadian asian missional podcast and we hope you'll join us on this journey see you next time